What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Oh, fam, if I could welcome you into my life right now, you would know I'm going through a really hard time with the move, with leaving my home of six years. I really didn't feel like it would be as emotionally turbulent and challenging as it has been. And it's really rocked my world in, yeah, in a beautiful and really painful way as well. It's almost like God Universe Source believed that I got too comfortable and came in and said, you know what, I'm going to shake a shit up. So much so that I don't feel that I've had my shit shooken up to this degree since the whole finding out that I test positive for the herpes virus. Honestly, I've had a really interesting life since then, but to the degree that my internal world has felt so rocked with this massive life change, I would compare it to then. And it's almost like, if I was to give an analogy, it's almost like, you know, a snow globe or a snow dome. I think you might see them around Christmas time and they've got the the little sparkles in and there's like maybe a Christmas house in the middle. It's almost like my world is in that globe and I had my little beach house and my office and my coffee shop and just all my comfort and I was in that globe. And it's like God Universe Source was watching and being like, eventually she's gonna she's gonna get out of her comfort zone for sure. And I feel like God was like, Well, this bitch is not not doing it. She's not getting out of her comfort zone. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to grab the snow globe and shake her shit up. (laughs) And that's what I feel has happened, that someone has grabbed my globe. And not someone is a human. Someone is in like a higher energy, has grabbed my globe. And I'm in the globe. And I'm saying, I like my beach house. And the globe is being shaken. And all my emotions are going with it too. That is currently my personal experience of life. It would be wonderful for me to be navigating it with a little bit more grace. (laughs) There's a part of me that's like, use your resources, Rebecca, reach for your tools. And there's the other part of me that's like, fuck your resources, bitch, I don't care about them. (laughs) And really, it's almost like I'm witnessing myself in third person and I can see the inner child that's just really just, she's like, this isn't, I actually went to an embodiment immersion a week ago to let the inner child express where she was like, this isn't fair. I don't want this and I don't want to leave. And she, I really just gave her full permission to release. And then there's the other part of me that's like, if I just hadn't said yes, my life would be not like this right now, which almost reminds me, I know I said that my life hasn't been shaken up to the degree that it has right now since the diagnosis 10 years ago. But it's almost like the woman who finds out that she tests positive, she goes through this experience of, fuck, if I just hadn't gone out that Saturday night, if I just hadn't swiped on Tinder, if I just hadn't if I just told him to use a condom, if I just if there was something that I had have done differently and there's a part of me doing that right now, I'm like if I'd have just said no, six more months on my lease before I'm ready to leave, or if I'd have just done something different that I'd be getting a different experience right now. And I can see what the fuck I'm doing. I'm like, Rebecca, stop it. (laughs) And then there's another part of me that's like, no. I'm like, oh my God, my personality is killing me right now. Like You're making this harder on yourself, Rebecca. And my personality is like, yeah, bitch, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. So I'm in it. Whatever you're in and experiencing right now, fam, I just want to let you know, I'm in the snow globe that's being shaken up for sure. And I'm in my humanness. I'm in my human mess. I am in my humanness and it's all beautiful. I'm loving it. God wanted me to get out of my comfort and yeah, I am. I'm in a, I'm in an uncomfortable place right now and it's all beautiful and I know that I'm growing. So 
I think that's the thing that I'm really anchoring to is everything is always working out for me. Every, like this or better. Everything is always working out for me. And in these turbulent times, I know that that's because I'm being pushed into another level, another stage of me, another experience of me that I haven't accessed yet. So pretty cool, <laughs> pretty challenging, also pretty cool when you know that you're growing, but you're like, hey, I was I was good where I was. I had grown. <laughs> Leave me, put me back where God placed me back where I belong. Put me back. And he's like, no, no, you said that you wanted growth. I'm like, no, 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 no more growth. <laughs> no more growth, no more growth. Put me back in my beach house. <laughs> Fam, today is all about a post that I put up recently on the internet, which I never actually intended for it to be as polarizing as it turned out. And the original context of the post is all about dating and relationship standards. And you know that I really fucking go there and I know it's a conversation that you love to hear about. So strap yourself in because I loved, I feel like I was fully in my channel. I have literally almost no idea what came out of my mouth, but I went there with my big Beck energy. I really hope that you love listening to it as much as I loved recording it. If you love this episode, make sure that you screenshot it, share it to your story and share with me your big aha take home moments from it. I can't wait to hear what you receive. Let's fucking go. I absolutely had to jump on the mic today because something quite fascinating happened to me, for me, through me, very unintentionally last week. You will know if you've been a part of my world for a long time, one of my favorite coaching distinctions principles and practices is standards. And this came up in Calling In Your Aligned Partner, which is pretty much the favorite podcast that has been released up until now. It is pretty much the favorite module in all of my programs, whether I work one-on-one with a client, whether it's in true transformation, every single client is like, I can't wait until the coaching distinction of standards comes up. And this distinction is something that was taught to me by a brilliant woman. Her name is Carrie Azuma. I have actually had her on the podcast as a guest previously. And I have used this practice so intentionally to support me in transitioning through very ineffective relationships with myself, my body, men, money, food, fitness. It is something that I apply to every area, every domain of my life. And when I am so fiercely anchored to my own individual unique standards, I start to see reflections of my standards show up in my life and I can be a yes to my yes. And I can also be a strong no to what I know I am a no to. I'm also deeply anchored to and fiercely committed to my values. And at the top of my values, my personal values, and we're all going to be very different in terms of what these are and are not, is health and fitness. I know that without me being embodied and integrated in my own high-level personal health and fitness, nothing else is possible. My business falls apart. My ability to support my clients falls apart, which means my ability to earn income completely falls apart, which means my relationship falls apart, which means my sex life falls apart, which means my ability to be present with my friendship circle falls apart. My self-worth, my self-esteem, my ability to look in the mirror and just be so proud of myself and adoring of myself falls apart. Everything is deeply connected to my health and fitness. I know that my high level worth for myself drives my ability to eat good foods, move my body, nourish my body, drink high quality water, all of these incredible things. It also supports me in the management of the herpes virus. I say to myself, I do not get outbreaks. 
I am a manifestation of not getting outbreaks. I believe that my body gets to be asymptomatic for fucking ever. I do not need them. They do not need to teach me. There is no reason for them to come into my life. And I also know that my body is my greatest teacher. And if I'm not willing to listen to the messages that are coming into my life, into my world, she will speak to me. And that can be through the outbreak. However, through my incredible dedication to my health, my fitness, my nourishment, that and living in alignment with that number one value that allows all other areas of my life to expand and transform. And so coming back to standards and this being such a pivotal piece in the part of calling in an aligned partner, I know that my standards are a reflection of my values. And so I saw a post come across my page during the week, something about vaping ruining this generation of men and something to do with their testosterone levels. I don't have it near me. I can't quote it verbatim. It is on my Instagram. It's been a very controversial post. And I pushed it out to my story and I said, 100%, my standards are that he does not, like zero, absolutely no non-negotiable. I will not be a fucking stand for it. He does not smoke and or vape. And he has a healthy relationship with drinking. They are my non-negotiable relationship standards. So much so that if Jake picked up a very unhealthy habit tomorrow that I am a no to, yes, because we are now in partnership, I would have a high desire to support him to break through and break free from it. But if he was fiercely committed to that being something that he was dedicated to continuing doing for the rest of his life or for a sustained period of time, because I know what I'm a no to and how strong my no is, I would have to. There is no other option but to complete that relationship because it is no longer in alignment with the values that I uphold. This isn't a judgment to him. If Jake tomorrow wants to pick up vaping all day long, fucking kudos to you, live your life. But I'm a no to that. And so I push this out to my Instagram and say, I'm a fist stand for my values and my standards and I'm a no to smoking and vaping and my standard is also that he has a healthy relationship with alcohol and a high personal standard for his health and fitness. I highly value exercise. I move my body every day. I feel so fucking shit when I don't like incredibly terrible. In fact, when I went to Europe, and this has nothing to do with weight loss because I just want to pre-frame this by saying I came back from Europe weighing less. I didn't go to the gym. I ate ice cream every single day. Anything that I saw that I wanted to eat and consume, I did. I moved my body. We were walking so much more than what I obviously walk during the daytime when I'm at home, sitting in my office, working with clients, on calls, recording a podcast, constantly moving, but no rigorous exercise, no boxing, no high level sport or performance. And I could feel that within my emotions. I use fitness as an outlet to move my big emotions. I'm sure you can tell if you've tuned into my podcast or have tuned into my social media or spent any time with me. I've got heaps of energy, heaps. And then I'm a peaceful person. So around people, my energy goes from like zero, which is already 100, to 100. So it goes from like 100 to 100,000. And I've got this ability to generate energy from within, but also from the external. And it can get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. When I don't move my body, there is no outlet for that energy. And it feels, what's the way to describe it? It feels heavy. 
and then I feel stuck and I feel stuck in my body and I feel stuck in my thoughts. And quite often, and this can come back to the five personality patterns, which I'm not going to go into today, but this can come back to if I don't move my body to move this very big energy and I feel stuck in my body and in my thoughts, I can then feel stuck in my ability to decide. And I'm quite a crystal clear person who loves certainty and conviction. And I love to go for what I want. I hate the feeling of not knowing what the fuck I want and feeling stuck in what the fuck it is that I think that I want. Do I want to go left? Do I want to go right? Do I want to go to the gym? Do I want to go to Pilates? Do I want to go to coffee? Do I want to juice? Do I not knowing A from B fucking wrecks me. I find that the most frustrating experience. The reason that someone might be that way and feel conflicted in terms of what decisions to make from the, for themselves is as a child, if you had very loving, very protective, very helicopter-type parents who made all your decisions for you, what that then creates is an inability for you to connect to your own intuition and your own internal clarity and your own decision-making. And I come across women every single day in the work that I do that say, I know what the fuck I want. I don't know if I want to go left or I want to go right. Do I want to eat an apple? Do I want to eat a banana? Do I want to wear jeans? Do I want to wear shorts? And I'm like, of course, I've never met a woman who does, or a person, I've never met a person who doesn't make perfect sense. And in our pivotal developmental years, zero to seven, even though the brain is still developing up until 28 years young, yes, 28 years young, we're still developing. But in our pivotal developmental ages of learning, zero to seven, if your primary caregivers took away your ability to make any decisions for yourself, any, what do you think that's created for you as a young adult? And not saying that your parents are to give you free reign. And I'm not a parent, so if parents are listening to this right now, you might be like, what the fuck, bitch, you don't have kids? You have no, you don't get to contribute to this conversation. All I'm saying is read the book, The Five Personality Patterns by Stephen so-and-so. <laughs> I have no idea what his name is. I'll pop it in the show notes for you. And you'll actually create some clarity around some effective ways to parent through these pivotal ages and stages of learning to support the child to basically pass that learning stage. Now, it's not saying, child, make your decisions, but it's about saying, Hey baby, would you like an apple or an orange? Would you love to wear shorts or overalls? Do you want to go to the park or do you want to play puzzles at home? And giving them one of two options and allowing them to pick then allows the child, that three to five to six year young self, to be like, oh, I'd like an apple today. No, I don't want an orange. Or no, I'd actually prefer a pear. And the ability for the child to deeply connect to their own internal clarity and intuition supports the adult to be able to do that. My parents, love them, most incredible parents, had a beautiful, loving, nourishing childhood. Would have told me we're eating pasta. Would have told me we're going to the park. Would have told me, Becky, you're wearing a dress. There was no opportunity for little Beck to make her own decisions. I'm very aware of that. And this isn't a blame at parenting. Some people are really adverse to inner child reparenting, feeling like that's making their parents wrong or bad or projecting blame at someone. We are not reparenting the inner child to project that our parents have done the wrong thing. We're just saying there are certain things that have occurred that are not super effective for me now as an adult. And I have this little self that is unconsciously running my life. And now it's my responsibility as a 34 year young aged woman 
I remove the word old from my vocabulary, fam. So if you hear me say 34 years young, it's because I don't want to say 34 years old. I don't ask people how old they are. I ask people, what age are you? Because I'm removing that word just so that everyone can follow what I'm doing here. Because I believe that our words create our world. So people will quite often avoid the inner child reparenting process because they think that that's projecting some amount of blame at their parents. But what we're doing is just taking total self-responsibility for things that might not be effective. So if you feel like you have an inability from within to create clarity around decisions and then take action from a decision that you choose, it could have something to do with you not being given a choice as a child. With that awareness, awareness precedes choice. Now that you have awareness, like, oh, fuck, I'm so stupid. I'm so frustrating. I never know what I want. I never know what I want to do. I have no idea. And I'm so frustrated. And no, that's okay. I've never met a human who doesn't make perfect sense. There is a reason that you are the way in which you are. Now let's go look at that reason and what can we do to support you to create awareness and then from that awareness, take aligned action to create a different outcome. So for me, because my parents took the choice away from a really loving, protective place, sometimes that can create indecision from within. Now I've done a lot of work to be able to anchor to my inner knowing and take aligned action from that place, even if it doesn't make sense to anyone else other than me. And people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. There's a part of me that's like, I fucking know. I know. I don't need you to approve of what I'm doing right now. I know there's a reason for what I'm doing. I remember, it's like I've always known my business was going to come online and thrive. And for years and years and years and years, my parents would be like, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? What are you doing on the internet? Go get a real job. Don't quit. When I had I had this really great corporate job where I was paid the six-figure wage, car, laptop, blah, 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 all the things. I was so stressed and I hated it. And when I told my dad I was quitting, he was just like, but Beck, you're so provided for. I was like, dad, I just know. I know from within. When my active wear was failing, my dad was so hard on me because I know that he was he was so worried about my safety. He's Italian, having a good job, a nine to five where I know where you are and I know you're sat in that office and you're safe and you're secure and your bills are paid for and your rent is provided for. I don't have to worry about you. I know he was coming from such a beautiful place to want to love and keep me safe and protect me. I was just like, fuck this dickhead. If you don't believe in my dreams before my dreams become a reality, I don't fucking need you in my life until my dreams have become reality. And I actually vulnerably want to share with you, fam, I didn't talk to my dad for a really long time. I was like, fuck you. Get your fears out of my fucking face. I don't need someone in my life projecting their fears onto me. I know that my dreams are going to come alive. I know that what I'm doing has a reason. Even if right now my bank balance is negative 100,000, I know where the fuck I'm going and I don't need your fears raining on mine. I'm already a little bit concerned, but I also know the bigger picture. I feel it. I feel it deep from within and you're not going to stop me. The reason my mum has always been in my life, no matter what, no matter what wild idea I come to her, I'll be like, mum, I'm creating an ice bath studio from home. My mum's like, what do you need? I'm there with you. Mum, I've got an eco-active wear. And she's at the markets with me selling active wear. She's like putting together my market store with me. My mum has always, 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 always believed in the dream before it's become a reality. And that's why I have such a deep I have a deep appreciation for my dad as well, but such a true appreciation for the person. If you have a dream and there's someone that sees it come alive before it's alive, fuck, that's such a 
fuel to ignite your own internal fire and something that I desire to be for everyone that comes into my world and my space. We all have dreams and maybe they're not here right now, but the fact that you can feel it from within means that it's here. It might not be here in this time and space, in this right now moment, but the fact that you can fucking feel it means that it exists. So who gets to activate you and your pleasure and your joy and your aliveness and your excitement to support you on your path because your path is going to be challenging? Fuck me. Has it been challenging? I know that a lot of women are messaging me right now about how much they're relating to the episode five around the $100,000 in debt and all the shame. And then also knowing that my business blew up in the first month. I made almost 30000 Australian dollars in my first month of coaching. Incredible, right? Amazing. Amazing. I'm now a really great part of the coaching industry and I have so many like-minded peers and community and loved ones around me. And so many people say, you blew up overnight. And I'm like, well, fuck. The $100,000 of debt that I carried for that long didn't feel like overnight. Well, fuck. Working three jobs whilst trying to get my active wear off the ground didn't feel overnight. Well, fuck. Doing things out of alignment with my personal values to be able to pay my rent didn't feel overnight. So yes, all the years, the first month of coaching, my business blew up. And yes, my business has done incredibly ever since then. And I fucking put in 10 years to make sure that my business blew up overnight. 10 dedicated years, hours and hours, tears, blood, sweat, arguments, not talking with my dad, yelling at my mum, having fights with my ex-business partner, all the fucking things. They all happen for my business to blow up overnight. So did it blow up overnight? I don't know. I really don't think that it did. However, in some people's eyes, maybe. And so coming back to that internal decision-making, knowing how fiercely committed I am to my values, I've done the work to ensure that I am always living in alignment to my values and my own internal clarity. If I do not move my very big back energy, if I don't go to the gym, if I don't go to boxing and I don't release all of it, because I have a very rigid energy pattern, but I have big energy. I need to fucking move my body every single day. If I don't, it's like all of that energy all of a sudden becomes trapped inside. And what could feel big and expansive and like, the more I get my energy out, the more I feel like I expand, I get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm connected to my channel. I say shit that I don't even know that I'm saying. And then afterwards I'm like, God was speaking through me. I have no fucking idea what the fuck just came out of my mouth. Everyone said that it would blow a firecracker up their fucking asshole and they're now ready and inspired to go and live their lives. I don't even know what I said. I have no clue because I'm clearing and cleaning my channel every single time. If I don't do that, if I do not do that, it feels heavy. It feels thick. It feels like it's coming towards me almost like a wall coming forward and forward and forward and forward. And it makes my body feel like, big but small my shoulders roll forward and I know I know a confident person you can see in their posture and as soon as I see the shoulders roll forward as soon as I feel my own shoulders roll forward I'm like oh what's happening in my body and then I'm like I'm stuck and I don't know what to do and then I'll create conflict with Jake and he'll be like babe what do you need and I'll look at him and be like I, I, I don't know and he'll be like but, but what do you think what can I give you right now to support you through this experience and I'll be looking at him I don't know. And then I'll ask myself, what is it that I need? And I'll be like, I don't know. Or I'll think, okay, I'll go to the gym, but do I want to go to Pilates? Maybe I want to go walk the dog with my sister. And then I'll feel like, I don't know. And I'll feel so stuck. I hate that feeling. As soon as I force myself (laughs) to do the thing that I know that's really good for me, 
moving the big energy, take myself to the boxing class, release it all on the bag. <sighs> it's like all of that heavy, dense, thick energy is like <sighs> exerted out of me. I also have other embodiment practices that I use at home privately by myself. Like if it's anger that I'm navigating, I know this might sound really aggressive fan, but I have <laughs> a boxing bag and a metal pole <laughs> and I'll take it to the bag or I'll grab a pillow and I'll whack the shit out of it or I'll scream into it, anything to just get that energy out. And once it's out, it's like <sighs> all of this crystal clear clarity within my own internal being that feels freeing. And then it's like, okay, now what decision do I want to make? And from that place, awareness. Okay, that is actually what the fuck I want. And I'm able to take a line action from an internal place of knowing. Fam, are you ready to up-level your love life and date with confidence? Do you desire a powerful partnership, but you're unclear on what your dating and relationship standards are? How do you attract a powerful partner when your standards are powerless? Let's get clear on what you do want so that you can stop attracting what it is that you don't want. Your lack of clarity around what your standards are is the very reason why you will continue to attract reflections of your unclear intentions. I genuinely no longer want for you to have this experience, so I've created a framework for you to up-level your love life. This is usually work that I keep for my private clients, and last week I opened up 200 free copies to my Instagram audience, but today I've opened up an additional 50 downloadables for my incredible, raw, real, and vulnerable fam who tune in every single week. So if this is calling your name, make sure that you head to the link in my show notes and get your copy today. So that's basically, fam, the pre-frame of why exercise, fitness, and health is so important to me. Beyond that, a 10-year disordered eating journey, 10 years of being heavily, heavily, heavily attached to and reaching for sugar that put me through some of the deepest, most painful shame spirals of my entire life. In fact, healing from disordered eating and binge eating and bulimia was actually so much more difficult than breaking free from herpes, stigma, and shame. So when it comes to calling in an aligned partner, it's important for me that he is so fiercely anchored to my standard of health and fitness because this is a life that I'm subscribing to. This is a life that I'm not only creating for myself, my business, my clients, but also my future babies. I desire a partner who is living in alignment to my health values because what we embody is what our children are going to receive from us. So I'm not only thinking about Beck right now, I'm thinking about Beck as a mother in four years' time. I'm thinking of Beck in a partnership in 20 years' time. I'm thinking about the longevity of my marriage. I'm thinking about attending my children's basketball games and football games and rugby games and coaching the, probably not dancing because unless they want to bounce around and fist pump, they won't be learning dancing from me, but just long, long, long-term vision, long-term vision. And so I put this on my story. I shared the the post about the vaping and I put the comments around non-negotiables, no smoking, no drinking. And I also put in their healthy relationship with alcohol and I put a little piece attached to it. And it said something along the lines of, I view anyone who would do these things excessively as someone with incredibly low self-worth. And that to me is my truth. You do. If you do reach for these things, there's one caveat to that. There is the person that's like, I'm fucking here to fuck who I want 
eat what I want, smoke what I want, because how fucking fun. And their come from is like joy, pleasure, yes. Your come from for reaching the thing really determines the outcome of the experience of reaching for that thing. So now, for example, when I'm going around Europe and I'm like, ice cream every day. And I didn't actually say that, but when I walk past, I'm with my sister. I'm like, look at that flavor and look at it handmade. That looks and smell it. Can you smell? Can you fucking smell that? It's like, oh, I, I, I desire to enjoy that. And so as I reach for it, purchase it, buy it for myself and my sister, eat it. It's from a place of, oh, what a pleasurable, enjoyable experience. That's my come from. Now, the exact same vehicle, sugar, 10 years ago, I remember actually one of the most shameful experiences. I remember being in an IGA in Morley. My parents' old house was in Morley. I remember being in the IGA in Morley and I went to the lolly section. This is when I was compulsive binge eating. I would eat fucking sticks of, do you know those sticks of cookie dough, raw cookie dough in the, free, in the fridge section? I'd eat an entire one of those to myself. Blocks of chocolate, tubs of ice cream, jars of Nutella. I used to eat a jar of Nutella and then because I was so embarrassed that I'd eaten it and I didn't want anyone to know about it, I would replace it. But then I'd go and eat the replaced one and I would just think to myself, oh my fucking God, I've just eaten two jars of Nutella and I wouldn't enjoy it. I had no idea what my come from was, but it wasn't to experience pleasure to receive pleasure, to be in the enjoyment of having a dessert by the Trevi Fountain with my sister in Rome. There was none of that. It was all from a place of avoidance and a place of self-hatred and a place of punishment. And the shame spirals after the binge eating were some of the worst shame spirals of my life, equivalent, if not worse than the herpes virus. And so I share this online around believing that the person that reaches for these things excessively is a person who is coming from a place of low, low self-worth and self-esteem. And I share my relationship standards. And I shared it to my story, actually, and it got such a great response of like, Beck, I agree with you 100%. Yes, 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 yes. And it really reminded me of the saying, your context determines the content. Because then I actually, I was like, oh, this is getting so much traction. I'm going to actually just share it to my story because knowing my come from to reach for the vice and knowing that now I make sure that I have more control over the vice and it has control over me has been so supportive to my evolution, my transformation. Before, I didn't realize when I was reaching for the sugar why, where it was coming from, the trauma that was attached to it, that it was the girls who bullied me in school and me feeling inferior that led me on that disordered eating journey. And every time my body looked a certain way and people were validating me, I felt good from within. And because I didn't believe that I was good from within and because I believed that I was so fucking unworthy, I would keep going on that, on the on the train, fall off the train, on the wagon, fall off the wagon. And every time I fell off the wagon, all the ineffective thoughts and feelings of all the times that I was bullied in school and that boyfriend who assaulted me, those thoughts and fears would come screaming to the surface. And because I didn't want to face off with those thoughts and fears because they hurt so fucking much, I would eat to push them down and down and down and down and down and down and down. And I would feel worse than before. It would actually be easier. I always say this, doing the hard thing is easier than not doing the hard thing. Actually not eating and looking at those painful thoughts would have been easier than eating all the things to push down the thoughts and dealing with the shame spiral that came after. But I had no fucking idea what I was running from. I had no idea. I had no idea. And so I'm fiercely committed to sharing this message because it's fucking important. 
10 years, 10 plus years to recover from severe disordered eating. If you've seen the photos of my journey spam, I'll put some in the show notes. Like, fuck, I would be 47 and a half kilos. I'd be up to 68 kilos. That's 20 kilograms. I know this is very subjective and may not sound like a lot, but I am a small bodied person. Me yo-yo fluctuating 20 kilograms is a fucking lot. And that was a woman that was just trying to run from pain and trying to go towards pleasure, but the pleasure was only temporary, whether it was pleasure from the external validation of looking a certain way, whether it was pleasure from the binge eating of momentary, oh my God, the fucking cookie dough and the two liters of ice cream. I think we all know that someone who eats a whole stick of cookie dough, multiple bars of family-sized Cadbury chocolate, liters and liters of ice cream, that person is not coming from a place of I'm worthy of pleasure. That's pain. That's pain. That is true, deep pain. That is someone potentially trying to attempt to avoid shame, but actually creating more of it on the other side of the action that they're taking. And I have, I really do have deep compassion and empathy for these humans. And I shared, I shared this post online because, I mean, anchoring to my own values and my personal standards, I'm not attracting in a partner who reaches for these things that's a no from me. I'm not calling that into my life. That is not the father of my children. That's not my husband. That is a absolute no deal for me. Now, your values, your standards might look very different to mine. And so I shared this on the internet. And it's funny, I haven't put up something polarizing in a really long time. And my intention wasn't actually even to be polarizing. Remember, your context determines the content. And so I share this post and it's actually been one of my most engaged posts up until now. And some people are like, fuck yes, Beck, agree with you, Beck, 100% Beck. And not saying that I'm here for you to agree with me. You do not have to. I said it was open for discussion. But then I also received the other side of that of people who did not at all agree with what I had to say. Remember, context determines the content. The context through which some people viewed this post was addiction. My context was relationship standards. I wasn't talking about addiction. I'm talking about the clients that I've been getting on calls with, new clients. I have a program coming up, True Transformation, that supports people, supports women to break through unworthiness, break free from shame, activate their unique voice and unlock their fully expressed self. And we also, I don't actually even promote this, we also start to anchor to healthier habits to improve and enhance our experience and enjoyment and fulfillment and presence to life. And so I've been getting on calls with beautiful, beautiful, beautiful women who it'll be 7.30 a.m. in the morning and they'll be vaping on the call to me. And I'll call it out and I'll be like, what the fuck is that? Like, (gasps) what time is it there for you? And they'll say, oh, it's 7.30 a.m. Or maybe they're over in the eastern states. It's it's 10.30 a.m. And I'll say to them, why are you vaping right now on a call to me, our first connection call? And they'll say, I have no fucking idea. I literally don't know why I'm doing it. I just... It's a habit that I picked up on Saturday nights and now when I'm stressed, it's I've started to reach for it and the stress has it created this compulsion now for me to just wake up and start it and I'm on it all day long. I have no idea why. My come from was not talking to addicts or shaming or berating addicts. My come from was addressing 
a core problem in society that has become normalized because so many of us are doing it. Now, if your come from to reach for it is joy and pleasure, yes, we all have pleasure outlets for fucking sure. I said mine was sex, psilocybin, social media. What was my fucking third one? Sugar. But I'm also very aware if they have more control over me, if I'm reaching for them unconsciously, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Sometimes I reach for my phone in the morning way too early than what I fucking should. Jake sometimes looks at me and says, no, Beck, put your fucking phone down. We're not looking at it at this time. We said no. Sunday morning, we said first half of the day, no mobile. And I can pick it up way sooner than that. I can sometimes pick it up within the first 30 minutes of the day. And Jake will be there fiercely in my face to remind me, you said no. Why are you reaching for that right now? So what I'm here to raise awareness for is those women, those people, those humans who now have realized that we all have vices and some of them have more control over us and we have control over it. And our come from is maybe unintentional and unconscious, but it's not to receive pleasure. It's not to activate joy and it's potentially to avoid something that we're attempting to suppress and not look at. And I'm here to remind you that doing the hard thing is actually the easier thing in the long run. Confronting those thoughts when I used to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and I just didn't understand. And I was so short-sighted. I wanted results right now. I had no idea what was driving the desire and the compulsion. And the thing that really supported my transformation was A, long vision, long vision, long vision, long vision, and B, finding a coach who could support me to feel safe, to reveal my shame and be witnessed in my shame and not judged for it. And the more that I was able to do that, the more that I was able to understand what was driving my ineffective behaviors, which had me reaching for my ineffective vices. And the more that I was able to create a relationship with the vice and a relationship with the thing that drove the vice, the more that I was able to break free from its control over me. And so if you're resonating, I fucking see you. Doing the hard thing is actually the easy thing. I fucking see you. And you've got this. And my only guidance for you right now is to remind yourself, long vision, baby. Long vision all day long. If you're a coach who has been watching my journey because you desire to create the same impact and income that I have in, we could call it a short amount of time. My business has been alive three years, just under. However, the journey to creating the coaching business, 10 plus years. But if you're looking at me and my success and desiring to create that for yourself, same guidance, long fucking vision. I used all the mistakes that I made in my disordered eating journey as a tool, a mental tool for me to apply to my coaching business. I wanted the dream body yesterday. I wanted to heal yesterday. I wanted a six pack in six weeks and I would restrict and I would try and do hacks and go fast and go quick and buy shit and supplements and new trainers and a different exercise plan and anything that I could do to get there as quick as possible. Quick results are never long-term sustained, maintained results. My biggest fucking mistake is not knowing that one small baby step in front of the other every single day consistency in the consistent act that is where you create your excellence which means that you may not heal today or tomorrow which means that you may not break free break through and transcend this sugar compulsion addiction binge eating spiral that you've been in whatever you want to name it tomorrow it may take you six months one year six years 
10 years. Who fucking knows how long your journey gets to be? It will be as long as it needs to be for you to receive the message. It will be seven fucking years to break through and break free from herpes, stigma, and shame. Take some of my clients, three fucking weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks for them to receive the permission from me and some tools and be like, fuck yes, Beck. I'm fully embodied. I deserve. This is a fucking filter for who does not deserve me. I'm a yes. The people who are a yes to my yes are a yes to my yes. And the people that are annoyed, they're like, all about it. Takes some women years. Some women worked with me three years ago and are now three years later saying, fuck, DMing me and saying, Beck, I just want to send you a message. Everything that we went through then is fucking landing for me fully now. I didn't understand to the degree to which you were teaching me, but I'm embodying so many of the lessons and this is how my life is changing and transforming. You will receive when you're meant to receive and no fucking sooner. God, universe, source, whoever you align with is in control of that. You just get to be the vessel that says yes to your yes so that you can receive the message when you are ready, open, willing, and able to. And so finally, really putting a bow on everything that I've said today, it's quite funny because uh, I didn't at all attempt to be polarizing. It wasn't my desire. I knew that it was a bit, little bit controversial, but I thought it was controversial in terms of talking about relationship standards where someone would turn around and be like, you wouldn't fucking date me because I vape. I wouldn't fucking date you because you got fucking herpes. I'm like, yeah, of course, like standards. I'm sure that some people have standards that say he, she is STI free. And I'm good with that. Like, I know that to be true. Like, fuck yeah, good on you. And that could be for so many different reasons. Number one, you might not want to be on the receiving end of the herpes virus. Fucking yes to that. It might be you have an autoimmune condition. So it's actually really, really dangerous for you to be on the receiving end of the herpes virus. So fucking good on you. Yes to that. It might be because you come from a very religious family and an STI is probably taboo enough for you to fuck outside of marriage, let alone be on the receiving end of an STI. So fuck yes to that. I'm a yes to your yes. It doesn't have to align with me. And your yes can mean that you're a no to me. I'm totally cool with your yes being your yes and me not being in alignment with that. I didn't intend to be as polarizing as this post actually became. And in no way, shape or form, I had the thought of addiction ever cross my mind as I was sharing this message. And it was actually a really great learning experience for me as well. Again, Your context determines the content. So because some people have a personal context of addiction, it is through that lens in which they read those words. Other people's context was their high value for personal health. And therefore, they were like, fuck yeah, I agree with you. That determined the lens through which they read the post. So super, super fascinating. An incredible learning experience, especially because, as I mentioned previously, there wasn't an intention. It's so funny, fam. I've just picked up my charger and I'm playing around with it in my fingers and I thought they didn't have my microphone plugged in. I was like, are you fucking kidding? I feel like I just went for it for 38 minutes and now my microphone wasn't plugged in, but it was my iPhone charger. Wouldn't that have been funny? It was a fascinating and very interesting learning experience. And polarizing posts on the internet are a thing. It's interesting to see the context through which people read my message. And my really big take home was what a representation that post alone is for what I say I'm a stand for. Because some people are like, fuck you, you piece of shit human. I'm unfollowing you. 
some people said, like, there was heaps of love on the post and there was heaps of dislike. It was like, I'm unfollowing you. People sending me private messages. You're a fucking shitty human. Because of this post, people are going to go home and self-harm and like all of these things. And I'm looking at it like, how can some of these people be like, yes, Beck, agree, Beck, right? Like scripts of like how much they're in agreement and how much this message resonates with their own personal journey. And other people are like, you're a fucking shitty human and people are going to go home and self-harm because of what you've said. And I was just like, this is, this is really interesting. Same, same words, two different receipts of those words. But speaking about sharing a message and being so fiercely anchored to my voice and committed to my voice. Yes, I heard who was in alignment with the message. Yes, I also saw that what I didn't know were people were going to relate the message back to addiction and feel very shamed and judged for the words that I wrote. And that's okay. I I can see that that happened. And I have complete love and empathy and compassion for addiction and didn't believe that I was writing to that person. And yet I do see that some people read through that lens and felt judged and or were trying to protect a loved one who they felt would be judged through the receipt of my message. One thing I will say on that is, if we continue to project victim consciousness onto the people around us because we believe them to be victims, we're holding them in that space. We're holding them in that space. Take from that what you will. I see any person with who tests positive for the herpes virus as an empowered person. Quite often people will send me something on the internet and be like, this is why the stigma is so bad and it will have something to do with a bad joke on the internet. And I will reply to them and say, when you break free from your own shame, this post on the internet will not affect you. So now I see jokes on the internet about herpes and I laugh. It doesn't mean anything about me. It's not disrespectful to me. It's not harming for me. It's not doing anything. It's fucking words on the internet. Prior, it would have triggered the fucking shit out of me. When there is no wound, the trigger cannot exist. However, if the wound is there and we're projecting victim consciousness onto our loved ones, we are only further perpetuating the wound for them. How can you support them to transition and break free from victim consciousness? The first part for you is to stop projecting victim consciousness on them. That could be considered polarizing, but that is my truth. And my final piece of this is for the people who unfollowed, fucking good on you. Good on you. I'm a yes to your yes. If my values and standards do not align with yours, of course you're going to unfollow me. This is the exact principle that I am teaching to have standards and you living in alignment with that because we're all saying, I crave connection. I crave community. I crave to be seen. Don't try and fucking be seen by people you don't want to be seen by. Don't be seen by people that you feel judged by. I would not sit at lunch with a group of girlfriends who vaped. I wouldn't. That's out of alignment with my values. I would not fuck my partner if he smoked. I wouldn't. That's out of alignment with my values. I would prefer to sit at lunch by myself and I would prefer to be alone. Yes, if Jake was drunk on a Saturday night with his mates at a party and he smoked occasionally, he doesn't. But if he did, yeah, pleasure outlet. But the continued use of something that isn't in alignment with my values, I am a no to that. Which means if you're a no to my opinion of this, you get to unfollow me. You're here to create community. And if you are not surrounded by people who are fiercely anchored to your similar standards and you're not living in your values alignment, that means that you get to start to get clear on what's going on from within. 
The people around me reflect me. The people around me represent parts and pieces of who I am. My partner is a fierce reflection of me. My online community is a fierce reflection of me. I live in alignment to my standards and my values. And that's why I receive reflections of that, which means if you're following me right now and you don't align, you don't, it's okay if it triggers you to expand you. But if you're just like, fuck this fucking bitch on the internet, she's outspoken, she's a loud mouth and she's judgmental and she's shaming people, unfollow me. Un- follow me, full permission. You don't even have to say goodbye because I don't care. (laughs) Honestly, I couldn't give a shit. If you don't live in alignment with my values, I don't really want you on my fucking page anyway. I desire everyone who's following me to have personal health and fitness as one of their top three values. Top three. Mine's health, fitness, business, relationship, family. And the next three are kind of like, you couldn't even, it's so hard to like piece together what way. But my number one is health and fitness. And so if personal health and fitness is not in your top three, I'm like kind of asking you to go, leave. You're not in alignment with me. And if you're here, it's really funny. Uh, When I first was about to talk about disordered eating, this is years ago, the herpes virus, all different things on the internet. At the time, I tried to be a fitspo for so long and like share this perfect fitness message and never be judged and never say anything too outspoken. And to my mentor, Preston Smiles, I was like, but... When I start saying these things and it's like different to me just trying to be a perfect fitspo, what? And he was like, heaps of people will leave and everyone aligned with your message will come. I don't need everyone on the fucking internet to like me or align with me. I don't. And the people who don't like me and don't align with me, you're in my space, which means that you're taking up space for the people really meant for me. And so the more that you remove yourself, the more it creates space for everyone who's meant to hear and receive my message. I am a yes to my yes. I am also a massive fucking stand for my no. And the reflection that I'm offering you is please be a yes to your yes and be such a fucking stand for your no. And if that means removing yourself from places, spaces, and online communities that don't reflect your values, that's your fucking work to do. And if you're looking around, seeing reflections of what you don't want, and people who are not a match to your values and your standards, that's your internal work to do. That is your internal work to do. Fam, I truly hope that you received so much value from today. If it resonated, if it aligned, if it created massive aha, big breakthrough moments for you, please DM me. Even better, screenshot the episode, share it to your story and tag me so that I can connect with you because I really fucking love to hear. I've had more and more women reach out to me recently who I didn't know were tuning in and it's just exciting me to know what parts of the podcast are really creating aliveness within you. I hope you loved listening to this as much as I loved recording it. Have the most beautiful, brilliant day. Let's fucking go. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.